Hi guys and welcome back to the Infact Fanatics podcast. We're on episode 18. Yeah, episode 18. I can't believe I'm saying that. And yeah, we're back to the two of us, me and Theo. Theo, how you doing, mate? Hey, Jordan. I'm doing all right, thank you, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, plodding away as usual, so yeah, good pre- pretty good. We've got, we just obviously uploaded the, the recent episode of the, obviously, England-Scotland. That was a good episode. I think that's got a lot of traction so far in its first day, so got to appreciate everyone that listened to that. We've got a couple others in the, in the works as well that we've got to upload, but we've got a good episode for you tonight, an episode on the south coast of England, and we're going through two teams today. We're going through Southampton, and we're going through Brighton. So before we get into that, though, I'm sure everyone obviously was sad to hear, of the, obviously, of the passing of one of the great footballers in, in Diego, Diego Maradona. Obviously, it was a, a sad thing to hear. One of the greats of football, sadly, passing away. But Theo, just, just your quick opinion on, obviously, Diego Maradona. What, what's your opinion on, on him as, as a footballer rather than looking at his personal life more, more on, obviously, the football side of things? Well, I mean, obviously, if I could have picked to have grown up and seen him play, it would have been incredible. Mm-hmm. Having seen clips of him and, and what he meant to to people, especially in, in Argentina and in Naples, mm-hmm. the guy was a legend. I mean, that goal he scored against England, not the hand of God, the other yeah. one. Yeah. That amazing it's, run, amazing. One of, one of I, think, I think by far, and many people will say this, the greatest player of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could be the best player of all time. I think also that there's a huge debate on the modern-day footballer of Messi and Ronaldo, and then you've got likes of Pele and Maradona. But I think Maradona just encapsulates everything in a footballer, personally. When you look at, like, he's won the World Cup, he's gone to some of the biggest clubs in the world and, and, and won countless trophies as well. And when you look at, like, say, Messi, he's not won a World Cup. And then you look at, like, say, Pele as well. He's, he, he only stayed in Brazil and, and also went to America for, for a period of time, but never really went to the biggest clubs. So... Maradona did it almost everything and did it all. So I th- I, I, you've got to say that he is probably one, one of the best, if not the best, players in the world. But um, we're going to have to do an, a, a full episode on that in the future. We're also, obviously, a smaller player, but we obviously heard the news as well recently of Papa Babu Giop, sadly passing his way at the age of 42. So obviously a, a sad, sad thing to hear as well. But more onto, onto the topic today. We're, we're, we're talking about the South Coast Clubs. And one that's flying high at the moment in Premier League is Southampton, the Saints. And got to say that I think Ralph Hasenhutl this season, he's got his game plan working on this on the Southampton side. So, Theo, so far this season, what, what's your opinion so far of Hasenhutl? Do you think he's finally got through to the, the squad? And do you think we're now seeing the results of, of that? Yeah, absolutely. Southampton have been a breath of fresh air this season. Mm-hmm. Southampton have always been known for playing quite exciting and in, in attacking football, obviously under Pochettino first season under, under Ronald Koeman as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, it's it's even better this year with Hassan Hootel. The, the players, they they just seem hungry. The philosophy, his way of obviously playing out from the back, attacking down the wing, and just really expansive football. It's, it's been fantastic. And forgetting the result of the weekend, I think they've probably been one of the best teams in the league this season. Well, you've got to say they were winning 2-1 against Manchester United. It wasn't like they were absolutely getting battered. It was it was a 3-2 win for Man United. Obviously, Edison Cavani came off the bench and, and 
provided what was a masterclass, what, what you would class as a masterclass substitution. And, and it just shows how, how prolific he is as, as a striker. But looking at Southampton, they were winning 2-1. And Hassan Hootel after the game was saying, Man United have felt like they're, they're, they're reacting like they've won the league here. And I think that maybe is like, isn't the thing you should say. But to be honest, I think what he realised is that it wasn't as bad of a, a performance and, and a result as, as yeah. what some may, may make out. And they're still only three points off the top. So I'm not saying they're going to win it. They're, they're, they're unlikely to. But it is an interesting thing to think they could even make Europe, Europe European football. What, what do you make of their chances going, obviously, further on into the season? I think it all depends on Danny Ings, really, when Danny Ings gets right. back uh, fit. They've got the players, they've got the squad depth this year. I think European football, obviously we're not talking Champions League, we're, we're talking here Europa League, maybe finishing fifth or sixth in the league. It, it, they've got every chance because they've got goals in them, they've got a solid goalkeeper and they've, mm. got, they've got some really decent players. And just going back to the, the, the game at the weekend, being 2-0 up and losing a game is never good. But, I mean, United really, it was a big moment for United and that probably highlights how far Southampton have come because United were really, really happy with that win in the fashion they, they won the game in Yeah, because they know Southampton are a really tough side and they really had to work hard for it. So, yeah. you know, Southampton have been brilliant this season. Really impressive. Yeah, and, and you just brought up the, obviously the goalkeeper there. We talked about him in the England episode, the section of the England episode of the goalkeepers, Alex McCarthy. Do you think if he has a good, like obviously we're saying, has a good season and we see the drop-off of obviously Pickford makes them clangers that we, 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 we bring up and, and Nick Pope obviously Burnley aren't having the best obviously conceding five against Manchester City. Do you think that Alex McCarthy's got a shot if he, he really stamps his authority at maybe even claiming the number one spot for England? Well, it's funny you said you said that, Jordan, because when you mentioned Alex McCarthy in the in the last podcast we did with the England Scotland one, mm-hmm. he was a goalkeeper I was aware of, but one I didn't really he didn't really spring to the the front of my mind. Yeah, yeah. And after saying that, I've started to watch him a bit closely, and you know, somebody he's a good goalkeeper. He made a couple of mistakes mm-hmm. against Man United, but he made up for it straight away. Mm-hmm. So if he has a good season and he keeps doing what he's doing, and Pickford keeps doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a bit of a danger now with Dean Henderson possibly mm-hmm. starting for Man United. That throws yeah. that in. But McCarthy's got McCarthy's got every chance. Yeah, because has McCarthy been in um, in and around the England squad beforehand? I think he was in maybe to start with. Uh, possibly, but, but maybe not like obviously this this current crop of of team. Uh, I think if Southgate uh, were mentioned, obviously the only problem is having that know-how of like who you're playing with, obviously the defence and, and that, that relationship between the defence and the goalkeeper is, is, is a key one because you know then when to come out, when to pass out from the back, etc. And I think that's a, that, that's a good thing to have is that chemistry between the defence and goalkeeper. So that might be a bit of a risk for, for Southgate to bring him in. But I think if there's a couple of, obviously, Nation League games maybe coming up, maybe get him involved in that because I think... It's good to have options then that you, that you've got them options. So, yeah, I've I've been impressed with McCarthy and I've been impressed with obviously Southampton's performances and I think he's going to be key to to how they do this season because I, I've got to say if, yeah again really impressed by him. Moving on to the defence, I've got to say that I I, I really think the centre backs are they've got good options at centre back Southampton. I mentioned before that I really liked the the signing of Mohamed Salaisu. He's not featured too much this season so far, but I think he's going to 
take he'll take some time to 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 grow into the team. But I think he's going to be a really good defender when he gets more game time. But their main two really is Vestergaard and Bednarak. And I've got to say, I think that's solid. That's a solid pairing to have. I think Vestergaard has proved a lot of people wrong this season. I think a lot of people wrote him off as a, as a bit of a defender. But I remember him his days at Munchen Gladbach, I believe he was that. And I, I remember he was just such a solid defender there. And to be fair, he's got six foot seven. He's, he's, a, he's a big, huge lad. And you've kind of got to have that. But I think he's got better at his playing out from the back. So do you think this comeback of, of uh, Vestigard, what, what what's your opinion on, on him, really, and and him coming more to the forefront? I think it was always going to take him time because obviously adapting from the, the Bundesliga where it's a little bit more slower compared to a higher tempo in the Premier League, especially for quite a big defender, it was always going to take time. Yeah. And I think he, Southampton struggled to find the right partner for him mm-hmm. when he first joined. Um, but, but I think Vestergaard's a really, really yeah. good centre-back and one who arguably could be playing at a bigger bigger club if he, yeah. if he continues. He's got mm-hmm. all the attributes and he, he's, he scores goals as well, which is, uh, which is impressive. But just one point, sorry, on, on Bednarak, mm-hmm. if, if I may, yeah. who really compliments Vestergaard. Mm-hmm. Bednarak had to wait quite a, quite a long time did, to get his yeah. chance at Southampton. Yeah, Mm-hmm. He did. And he came in quite really young, didn't he? Good. Came in quite he young. Did, yeah. Uh, so I think that's that just shows his character really, and and biding his time to get into the side. But I think they've really they they really suit each other, Bednarak. I think he's the obviously he's a bit smaller, but I think he's a bit quicker yeah. than Vestergaard. So he complements Vestergaard's obviously height and strength and and leadership at the back. As you were saying, they've had many centre backs, Yoshida in the past, and and it didn't really work between Vestergaard, Yoshida, and yeah. I'm trying to think of Font. I think Jose Font was there as well and it didn't really work so I think now that they've found these two I think that's a really good thing to have is a solid partnership at the back and and to keep that continuity between the defenders I think that's really good to to have looking at obviously right back as well you've got Kyle Walker-Peters came in from uh, Tottenham I think he's really showing his stuff a wee bit more now which I'm quite I'm quite impressed of I think I I rated Walker-Peters I thought he was wrote off really, really quickly when he went when he came into the Tottenham side, I thought a lot of people were like, Oh, he's just not good enough. He's just not good enough. And it's like, give the guy time. You've got to give players time to, to develop. He's still a young kid. So him we've got him and Jan Valery as well. So it's good competition at right back. The left back I think there's probably they could do strengthening. I do like Bertrand. I think Bertrand is is a good player. But I do think they've only got then Sam McQueen as, as a backup. So I think they could maybe do with some competition for Bertrand to, to work him on. And, and he is getting older. He's 31. He's not the, a, a spring chicken, Ryan Bertrand. So, so they could do with some strength in there. What, what's your opinion on, on left, the left backs for Southampton? Yeah, yeah, definitely need, need their position there because Bertrand's not getting any younger so that they need to replace him soon. But he seems to put a lot of faith in Ryan Bertrand and, and Bertrand's been solid for Southampton for, for a number of seasons now. Mm-hmm. But perhaps bringing in a younger left-back, maybe someone like Brandon Williams at, at Man United, there, mm. there may even be a chance for, for Luke Shaw for a return if mm. he falls down the pecking yeah. order. So someone of that, that bulk. Yeah, yeah, Shaw's actually a good shout. I think Shaw could do with maybe a return to his boyhood club. I think that might be might be a good shout for, for someone like him. So on to more kind of the midfield, because this is where I think it's quite interesting. I think their their midfield is solid still. Even losing 
and and you saw this like even though he, I think he's been a good signing for Tottenham, I don't think he's been much of a loss for Southampton. Is is Pierre Emil Hoiberg? Do you, do you do you think that Southampton have have coped well without him? And do you think now that they've got obviously Romeo, Ward Prowse, Armstrong? I think I think that's the main three that are really playing at the moment. But them three, Romeo and Ward Prowse and Armstrong. What do you make of of that midfield three? It's a fantastic midfield three. I didn't even notice Hoiberg played for Southampton, to be brutally honest. I mean, <laughs> I don't really know what he what he did. And I mean, he's only in the spotlight now at the moment because all he does is really sit and defend a, a back four. He's not that good a player. But but their, their midfield's really, really nice at the moment. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ward Prowse as well. A player who I've written off a number of a time number of times. I've questioned why he's even in an England squad, for example, but his set piece Free kicks, he's got to be the best free kick taker yeah. in Europe at the moment mm-hmm. with his technique. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, that goal he scored against Man United, mm-hmm. De Gea, I mean, De Gea made a valiant effort, but it was so pinpoint. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. And Romeo, again, Southampton seem to have like a, a story about players who join, but don't, it doesn't quite work out straight away, but they have so much patience in them. They let mm-hmm. them develop and come into the team. And that's what's happened to Romeo. And mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I've got to admit, I've I've been really impressed with James Ward-Prowse. I think he, as we were saying in in the last episode, I think if he continues the way he's going, he's got to be getting considered by Gareth Southgate. I've got to say that you, you can't you can't not go off form as as what River was saying in in terms of form. And I got to admit that you've got obviously the players ahead of him. It's hard to say because obviously you've got likes of Phil Foden. Does Phil Foden go ahead of James Ward-Prowse if James Ward-Prowse is in form? It, it's up for debate, you've got to say. Even though I think Foden's... Obviously, I, I, I'm coming round to Foden now, but I, I do think he is a decent player. But I think maybe he is a bit too young maybe to go into the tournament with someone like Ward-Prowse, who's a bit more experienced and can, can, can offer, obviously, them dangerous free kicks, as you were saying. So I'm quite excited uh, with him. And I think... He's only 26, so he's still got a lot to offer the Southampton side. Is he the captain of, of Southampton? Ward yeah. Prowse? Yeah, captain. so so uh, that's the thing. It's got that leadership qualities there as well. So you've got to say that he's he's got everything in him that to, to be almost like what Jordan Henderson is for Liverpool, uh, that, that type of player, really. Also, Stuart Armstrong. I think Stuart Armstrong again. You, you were saying we were saying earlier that it takes time for these players to to develop, but I think Stuart Armstrong has shown abilities that that really, yeah, he's 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 wanting a place for in the Scotland side. I think now, obviously, he's 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 a top player, and and I've got to admit that, yeah, when Stuart Armstrong joined from Dundee United, um, or well, Celtic, Celtic, Celtic. Down to, yeah, Dundee United, Celtic, and then joined from Celtic. It, I never really thought he was ready to... I thought Southampton have got, obviously, that route of going for players from Celtic coming back, like uh, Wanyama, Van Dijk, and, and, and countless others. Armstrong was one of those players that I felt maybe it's a bit too soon for him to go to someone in the Premier League. But I think now, yeah, he's, he's showing that he's a, a, a decent Premier League player. And, and yeah, he, he warrants to be in the side at the moment. He, he really is showing a lot of quality. So, yeah, again, I think... Southampton, they've got a steady, as we're saying with the two centre-backs, they've got a steady three in midfield as well. So it's definitely something to 
to be yeah to be to be proud of for Southampton. I think you've got a lot of hard working players in there, and yeah, again, I'm hoping for the best for Southampton because they're a club that I admire a lot from where they've came from, from the likes of League One uh, right up to the Premier League. I, I really admire their their journey as a as a football club. So looking at the the wingers they've got at the moment, I've got to say Redmond. Redmond's a top player, and and, and you've watched obviously Redmond growing up. And and I've been a massive admirer of him, Theo. So, what do you think Redmond offers to the team? Do you think he's he's still key to the Southampton side going forward? Yeah, definitely. He's probably been other than other than Danny Ings, um, the most impressive player since Hassan Hootel's come in. Mm-hmm. He's really hit the heights he should have been hitting, Nathan Redmond. Redmond's a rare breed because he's a skillful winger, but he's also a direct winger who doesn't mind cutting inside and having a shot. And I think he's got a lot to bring. Um, but I think Redmond has been one of the older heads in, in the group. He's a player who will never hit the potential he was meant to hit. Mm-hmm. But he's a very good leader. And I think Southampton have got some really good young wingers, which he can impart quite a bit of knowledge to as well. So, I mean, he's been injured the past couple of weeks, but, but he's a fantastic mm. player on his day, Nathan Redmond. Yeah, and he's got competition there with Gineppo. I think Gineppo had a, a a weird start to his Southampton career. He kind of got injured and never really got going. So I think what I look at Gineppo is I think he's still got a lot of potential. And, and a lot of people say he's, he's coming from a similar direction in, in terms of, obviously they've, they've seen players in the past like Mane and stuff, but you never know. He could maybe do that, maybe replicate that. He's still young, mm. 22. So And he's, he's played seven games, one goal. So maybe if he can get a bit more game time, we can see the best of him as well. Looking at the right mid they signed, though, Theo Walcott, 31. And I, I thought Walcott was much older, to be honest. I think uh, when you see Walcott as a, as a young kid coming into Arsenal in 2004, was it, 2005, coming in as a, in, in as a young kid, you think he's much older. But yeah, he's, he's, only, 30, he's only 31 still. So... Do you think that was a good signing by Southampton or do you think they should have been looking for, for someone else a bit younger in that kind of mould they bring through usually the, the young player they, they develop over time? What, what's your opinion on, on bringing an older head like Walcott? I absolutely love it, Jordan. I think it's such a fantastic signing. I, I remember when Theo Walcott burst onto the scene. I remember when I was probably about six, seven years old, I was listening on the radio and he scored a hat-trick as a 17-year-old away at Croatia. And I thought, who's this kid? Who's this kid? Oh, Theo Walcott. It's never quite worked for him due to injuries. Mm-hmm. But it's, he's a fantastic player on his day. He's a fantastic player. And what Southampton have lost over the years is leaders. Mm-hmm. You look at Van Dijk. You look at, you know, even if you go as far back as Ricky Lambert, Jose Font, leaders they were. Mm-hmm. So having Walcott in the team, especially with Ings getting out injured, I think it's a fantastic decision. He's a, he's a good player. He's been playing well of late as well. He's, he got the assist for whoever scored against Wolves the, the last week. And then he, he mm-hmm. scored a couple of goals as well. He was, um, so he's, he's, he's played well. He started well. How long he'll be fit for, I don't know. But it pleases Everton. It works for Southampton. It works for Walcott. It's a nice, it's a nice deal, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think, obviously, did they get him... Did they did they pay a transfer fee for Walcott in the end, or or was it was it on a free? I'm not I'm not entirely sure again. What if they got? I think him. it's a loan. Is it a loan from Everton? Then? Season long loan, I thought it was. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think I'm just gonna have a look on transfer market at, at Walcott. 
Yeah, it's a loan. Yeah, yeah. So he's on loan, mm. but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make that permanent. I, I, I don't think it's going to cost them too much. Maybe about, I think his transfer market value is about nine million. So you're probably saying about ten, eleven, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you if might get that. him for if that. Or I don't even know what his his, his contract does at the moment. Maybe his contract's running down at, at Everton. You never know. Might might even get him on a, a cheaper fee, as we said. So, yeah, I think it's one of these things where. I think it's good to have some experience in there up top as well, especially to, to help the likes of Danny Ings, who who we'll just go into the now. Danny Ings, I think he's... The one thing that lets down at Danny Ings, and it's a shame again, injuries. Uh, it is really a shame because Danny Ings is a fantastic player. I remember him at Burnley, firing in the goals, went to Liverpool, didn't quite work out. And uh, I think that's obviously the... Obviously, the talent that came into Liverpool with Thermino, Mane, Salah. Ings was kind of one of those, yeah, he's just a bench player. But I think he's gone to Southampton and he's looking a a cracking player again. Back to his best, but again, he's injured. So hopefully he can get back and and help this team. So do you think Danny Ings coming back, when he does come back, do you think that'll fire Southampton on even further? Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's, He's unstoppable for Southampton. He does not look like stopping scoring at all. I mean, you think this, obviously, last season, before lockdown, before the, the pandemic, he was scoring. He had three months off or whatever, still scoring after it. No pre-season, still scoring, gets injured. He is an awesome player. He's always been a good player. He's always been a great player, as, as, you, as you alluded to, actually. Mm-hmm. He was just unlucky at Liverpool. Before he got injured at Liverpool, he was actually scoring. And he was playing regularly. He was really good. But Danny Ings is a machine and, and Danny Ings is Southampton. So mm-hmm. when he's back, the chances of top six really kind of rely around him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's the thing at the moment. Obviously, he's deputising in his role at the moment, but as the, he usually plays as the second striker, but that's Che Adams. You saw Che Adams obviously come through Blues. And yeah, what's your opinion of him? Do you think this is the time for him to take his real his chance really to prove that he is capable of, of leading a line. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's his chance. He's had to wait. He's had to work really hard. Did not hit the ground running at Southampton. There was talk in, in January of, of well, this year of um, him even leaving and going to Leeds on loan uh, mm-hmm. for the end to the end of the season. But he didn't. He stuck at it. And this season, especially after the end of last season, he's been remarkable. And what's really nice about this season is he formed a really great partnership with Danny Ings. But mm. when Danny Ings has been out, he's still been scoring. He's still been part of the team. He's mm-hmm. still been contributing. So he's really growing as a player. And uh, his ceiling's really high, Che Adams, because what he, what he has, which not many people, not many footballers do, is he has this determination to just keep working hard. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got he's got a big future ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, finally going on to what a, a last player that you admire a lot, and that's Shane Long. Shane Long, <laughs> you 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 always chuckle when you talk about Shane Long, but you always you always quite like him. He he just pops up with a goal now and then as well. I love Shane Long. I think Shane Long is is a, is a player who he he's not a player who scores goals, but he's a player who works hard. He runs his socks <laughs> off, and it's just. He's just a legend. He scored, he scored a winning goal against Germany in the Euros, and he's just, he's just massive. He's just an absolutely fantastic player. Shane Long, I hope you join Blues. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing. <laughs> We're both laughing at it because you got him. It's 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 one. He, he's just one of these players that works so hard, and I think he's been to so many clubs. But yeah, if he can go <laughs> been around every club in Europe, <laughs> yeah, he really has. I wouldn't. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Barcelona sign him because they signed Martin Braithwaite. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go and buy Shane Long later on. You never know. But yeah, I think. It'd be nice to see him, uh, if he doesn't stay at Southampton for the long term, it would be nice if he could maybe go to a championship club and, and, and yeah, just finish off his career on a, on, on a high, really. Because he, he, he is a good sco- goal scorer. He was a top goal scorer back in the days in the championship. And, and even the Premier League with Hull, I remember he, 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 was, he was a vital striker to them. And, yeah, he's, 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 he went to Southampton done really well to, to, for his first part of... Uh, he's so good. He's <laughs> such an incredible player. The whole bought him. Mm-hmm. West Brom went, nah, 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 he's so good. Or it was the other way around or something. West Brom bought him. Hull went, no, he's so good. We want him in January. And then in the summer, Southampton bought him three clubs in the space of a year. I mean, what a player. That was, yeah, that was, that was pretty mental. I do remember that. But yeah, I think, I think that's a good way to wrap up the current squad. But looking at maybe transfers that they could bring in, we're saying a left back and Luke Shaw might, might be a good shout. Someone in fifth, his calibre, he's still got talent, Luke Shaw. I think he's he's been unfortunate Man United. I think maybe under someone like Hasenhutl as well, I think under his strict orders, I think Luke Shaw would be really good at left back. And I think maybe a right mid as well to compete with Walcott. Have you got any suggestions for maybe right wing, right mids might, might be a good shout? Oh, that's a good good question. Um, I like I like uh, his first name that's popped in my head. Mm-hmm. I like Eric Lamella myself. Um, right, okay, yeah. I think Lamella is a player who could find himself not around at Spurs. Yeah, or playing regularly. Required, required. Yeah, yeah. And I think Lamella Lamella in a really exciting team. He's a really good player. Um, mm-hmm. I think Lamella's I think Lamella's an awesome player. He's just not hit the heights he should have hit, but. Could be an yeah. option, maybe on a loan or something. Yeah, that, that that's that's some good shouts there. Yeah, I think Lamella. Yeah, Lamella is one of those players that I think he's flattered to deceive when he went to Tottenham. He obviously went from Roma and was doing well at Roma, but never really hit, quite hit the heights. But he's he's always been a player that gives us all. I think that's the thing. What you can say for Lamella, he never really gives up for the team, and he always tries hard. So I, I think yeah, that that would suit. Southampton's ethos almost of of players that work hard for the team and yeah that, that's that's a good shout I, I'm trying to think of maybe other players they could go for maybe I'm not sure I'm trying to think here I think Southampton they always buy these players that are a bit off the cuff that aren't maybe your household names if you know what I mean I think they they obviously look in like the Austrian league maybe they could challenge mm. for Shabotchlai um, obviously, he plays on the left wing, but I think that might be a good shout if they can challenge someone like Arsenal. Arsenal is supposedly in for Shabotchlai, but they're having a poor season. So maybe if you can convince him, that that might be quite a de- decent shout. I also like Patson Daka. He is a, more a striker, but he is a very quick striker, and that might be another player they could maybe target. Obviously, if they've got Danny Ings injured and you're not sure about obviously his injuries, that might be another position to target. So yeah, either Shabotchlai or Patson Daka. I think they're they're both two good players that. Yeah, it's probably worth having a look at. So last last thing to cover, obviously, Ralph Hasenhutl, we're saying that he's, he's taken time for him to develop this the, his style onto the, the Southampton side. Do you think that he is a top manager? Obviously, he came from the likes of uh, Leipzig and, and that kind of Red Bull 
area, that kind of connection. But do you think he is he is a top manager? And do you think he could maybe even get a top job at another club if he does well for Southampton? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I love Ralph Hasenhutl. I think he's one of the best managers in the Premier League mm-hmm. by a country mile. Any manager who turns a team who lost 9-0 at home and completely transforms yeah. them yeah. and does the job he's done is an incredible manager. On a, on a small budget as well, considering Southampton really... Southampton over the past couple of years have been a feeder club. You think about the amount of, of yeah. players they've lost. The one thing that Hasenhutl deserves, though, is a top manager's job... And for me, when Solskjaer fails, which mm-hmm. it will happen, it's, yeah. it's, it's only a ma- ma- matter of time, Ralph Hasenhutl is the number one man Manchester United should get. I think Hasenhutl's a winner. I don't think Pochettino's a winner. I think Hasenhutl's a winner. And I think Hasenhutl deserves his chance at a big club. He, he's, he more than deserves it. Yeah, I, I, I really like Ralph Hasenhutl. Uh, that's actually a good shout for Man United, but... I don't know, it's like, it depends. It depends on the structure of Man United and, and how they take it forward because I think Hassan Hootel is more a coach than a manager that picks out players. And if you've got Ed Woodward in the, in the recruitment that's at Man United at the moment, why would you go from Southampton that's got renowned, really good recruitment to go into Manchester United and try and take on that project? It, it, it's a huge project and for anyone to take that, it's, it's, it's a risk. But it could be a it could be a really good move for it. maybe it could be a good one. But again, I think he I think he would suit someone. I'm trying to think of the caliber of team. I think it it's hard to say that it's really hard to say who would suit. I, I I'm trying to think of teams that he would suit. But like maybe Dortmund. I think Dortmund might be a good shout. Obviously, if he if he wants to go back to obviously Favre might leave. I think that might be a a, a nice kind of home for for someone like Hasnoodle, like a top job for a Champions League club. I think that would, yeah, I think he would really suit someone like Borussia Dortmund. To that. So, yeah, uh, as we said, Ralph Hasenhutl, top manager, and, and we're excited to see where his career his career goes. So moving on to the next club in, in the South, and that's Brighton. Not had the greatest starts to the season, but I've got to admit that I'm a huge fan of Graham Potter. I think the way he's came from Ostersunds to Swansea and then to Brighton, I think he's a, he's a top manager. But we'll cover him first. Theo, what's your opinion on Graham Potter and do you think that he's one of the up-and-coming England managers in the Premier League? Yeah, Graham Potter, that, that's an interesting one. He divides opinion a bit. Some some fans say he's done a good job. Some say he, he hasn't. Chris Hewitt should have been kept the job. I like him. I like him. I think he's the man to take Brighton forward. He's changing the, the way they play. And if you look at them this season, Brighton's they say the table doesn't lie. It yeah. doesn't, but it does for Brighton. Because mm-hmm. I think Brighton's season has been better than, than where they are in the league. I think, you know, they were unlucky against Man United. But they've, they've been unlucky this season. I think Potter is doing a good job. But what remains to be seen is, is whether the club are patient. Because I know they've backed him. I think they've given him a four or five-year deal, actually. Right. But if, if he doesn't get them where they want him to be, you don't know what's going to happen. But he's doing okay. Yeah, I think he's been quite unfortunate with the results that he's he's had, really. You look at some of the, the games they've played, and I think, yeah, they, they, it's one of these seasons where you think that... I think Brighton's got enough to stay up. I think they're one of these clubs that... They've got a good squad. They've not, they didn't sign right in the summer. I think that was the, that's the thing. I think they could have done better in the summer in signing some players, but... I think they've got a solid base to, to their team. Looking especially at defence, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the players in a second, but I think their defence is pretty good. That They've got 
and is is worthy to stay up. I was saying, obviously, what do you think of like Potter in terms of like a manager for for obviously an English manager in the game? Do you think that's good to have in the league to have a young up and coming or not? Well, a youngish uh, up and coming manager to have someone like of his caliber to to come into the league. It's always nice to have a, a, an English manager mm-hmm. um, in, in the league. It's it's always nice. I think you know from a personal point of view, I think all fans of who live in Britain who who are British, uh, who are fans of British clubs, when you see, you know, an Englishman or a Scotsman or, or what a Welshman or an Irishman win the league or do well, mm-hmm. it, you feel more pride. You feel more as if they're part of the team, that the community, etc. So it, it's always nice to, to to have English managers in the in the league. Yeah, definitely. And and looking at obviously the, we're saying about the results that we're saying that it does deceive. It really does. The, the, the league kind of deceives for someone like Brighton because I'm trying to look at the, the games they played. Man United, um, they were unlucky against Manchester United, I think. Obviously, that late goal that they did concede. I think they obviously had, like Chelsea, they did get battered off Chelsea. I think that was a that was a fair that, that was a fair result for Chelsea to win that. But yeah, I think the one thing that Brighton's got going against them, they need to beat the teams in and around them, the likes of West Brom, Crystal Palace. They need to try and win these games, especially the game against West Brom. They're at home. One-one at home against West Brom is not good enough. It really isn't. And I think they need to to maybe add a wee bit of uh, attacking threat, um, especially on the wings. I, I do like Trossard, but I think they need someone else uh, in on the wings to, to on the right-hand side, especially because Yakin Bash is, he's just not good enough, really. So we'll we'll go through the team. Matty Ryan, you, you've been a big fan of Matty Ryan. Do you think he's yeah he's a solid keeper to have for Brighton? Yeah, Matty Ryan. Matt Ryan is a perfect goalkeeper for Brighton to have. He he is a Brighton player, obviously. But I mean that in terms of I mean that in terms of he he fits the mould. Yeah, I think he's been very solid and dependable for them. Doesn't keep them as many clean sheets as he probably should, but he makes a lot of saves and distribution wise, he's a good goalkeeper. And for the fee they paid for a, a good Premier League goalkeeper, it's it's a, he is a very good signing. Yeah, the the one thing I do worry is if he gets injured because the mm. options. Yeah, if he gets injured, there's there's some there's some interesting is options. Ja- in is the... it Jason Steele? Yeah, I was so well. Chris Walton is one of the the. I think he's the second he's choice. He's at Barnsley at the moment. Is he right? So is he at Barnsley? Oh, yeah. So because they they have they have Chris Walton, Jason Steele, who. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, but if you watch someone that season, they went down. Jason Steele was. Probably, if it wasn't for Lee Camp's horrendous moments, Jason Steele would have been, yeah, just he was just as bad as Lee Camp. Really, that that first half of the season, he just couldn't save anything. Made so many mistakes. The likes of I remember when he ran out and misjudged the bounce of the ball and then handballed it outside the box. It's like. Why are Brighton signing Jason Steele? Like when they signed him, uh, I think it was for a, a free agent, and we were just like, "Fair enough, take him. We we don't care. We don't need we, we don't need this at our football club." And yeah, I'm I'm so glad he's no longer at someone because yeah, he was he was just seriously bad. He seemed a nice guy, but he's just not good enough. And and Brighton need to, I think, when they get the chance, get shot of him and and maybe bring in a proper backup goalkeeper I, d- I don't know who, who who would you maybe suggest is there any suggestions for to back up Matt Ryan do you think maybe uh maybe a championship goalkeeper or is there is there anyone that you can think of off the top of your head 
Ben Foster, I think Ben Foster might be a good shout. Maybe someone like that who's got that Premier League experience, that might be a, a worthwhile shout. I don't know. Is, is there any, any suggestions you've got for you? Well, I think I'd rather have a bin bag than Jason Steele, to be honest with <laughs> Luke Steele. Um, I think uh, Ben Foster's a really good shout. Or David Rea, maybe the Brentford. Yeah, yeah, David lads. I mean, uh, Arsenal obviously really wanted him. But, but the, 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 they've had big hopes for this Bolton kid. You know that that's why they've kept him around. So, so who knows? Yeah. He may be he may be a good goalkeeper. We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll we'll have to see about him. But yeah, I think if they can bring in someone maybe of a bit a bit of experience to back up, maybe even someone like Willie Caballero. I don't know. He's he's been around the block. But yeah, maybe maybe a good shot. Maybe Dean Henderson. But again, you would want. That's not a bad job. He would want. You need to guarantee in first team action because obviously he's just sitting on the bench at Man United. Maybe Sergio Romero as well. Actually, that's another good shout. Maybe Sergio Romero might be might be a good shout as well. So because obviously he's been pretty much wanted out by by Man United. They they don't really want him anymore. So yeah, might might be another shout. Looking at the defence, the centre backs. I really like the centre backs. I think they've got good options. Maybe too many options. I think that's that's the one thing. I think they've got too many centre backs. Lewis Dunk, I think the captain of the squad, and yeah, I think Lewis Dunk he's a player that just does the simple things and does does them well. I think he's probably if he was at a better club, he'd probably get taken by England. To, he'd have more caps for England, but yeah, I think he's he's a solid player. He's, he's getting a bit older, so maybe that move now is no longer going to happen for him. But definitely a player that I think offers enough for 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 a team of Brighton standard. Ben White. I think Ben White had that fantastic year at Leeds and Leeds tried to buy him, but Brighton held firm. I, I, I respect Brighton for doing that. I think that just shows that they've got ambition to keep the top talents. And Ben White, he's he's got a huge future ahead of him, only 23. And I think if he if he continues to put up good performances, I think, and, and learning from some of the examples of, of, of Dunk, and the player that we're going to go into of Adam Webster, if you can learn from them and their experience, I think that's going to help him along the way. And yeah, I think he's got an exciting future. Adam Webster, good player, solid player. Nothing else to say. He's, he's 25, got a long, still still a long career as well at Brighton. And Dan Byrne, I think Dan Byrne's been unfortunate not to get some game time. He could maybe, I think he's came in, in and out of the squad, but I think maybe if he wants to get a bit more game time, maybe a move to... Uh, another Premier League club, a Fulham maybe, if they're looking for, for reinforcements, that might be a good shout for, for someone like him. And Joel Veltman, I, I, I've liked Joel Veltman for a while. He's he's a player that I liked at Ajax for a while and probably should have moved sooner. I think he's moved a couple of years too late. But I think he's a good player. And for the price they got him, I think it was like 900000 I think I heard. It was a very cheap fee. So I'm surprised how cheap it was, to be honest, because... In my opinion, he's probably worth four or five million. Really, he's, he's probably up around about that money. I think transfer mark have him at four point five million. So he's he's a, he's around that about that sum. So they got him on a bargain. That's a really good deal from Brighton to bring a, a, a player who can play right back as well. So a, definitely a good a good player there. We've talked about the the boy before Theo Tyrek Lamptey. Do you think that Brighton can hold on for hold on to him until the summer? And and if not longer do you think do you think they can hold on to him longer or do you think they they might be persuaded with the the transfer fee they get for him i think they'll hold on to him uh, for the summer and, and then another season after it lamptey's loving his football it's his first real breakout season 
and and he, he's really developing as a player. The smartest decision for him, and he seems a very smart kid because he made that really difficult decision to leave Chelsea mm-hmm. and to move to Brighton. I mean, if he stayed at Chelsea, he probably would have been a bit more secure than than making the risk, the, the decision he took. He took, but he's a, he's obviously an exceptional fullback, and I I'm really enjoying seeing him develop as a footballer, mm-hmm. and because every single game he seems to get better and better. Yeah, I, I, I really like Lamptey and I think he's, again, first breakout season and, yeah, got a huge future ahead of him. I think he's he's going to be wanted by a load of big clubs. I could see maybe the likes of Arsenal, they, 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 they might be looking for a right-back, I think, for a, for a while, a, a right-wing-back as well, because I think they, they play a five, don't they, Brighton? So, so I think mm. that would suit Arteta's system of bringing in a right-wing-back to replace Hector Bellerin, because I think Hector Bellerin... In my opinion, he is getting to the to the end of his Arsenal career. In my opinion, I think Arsenal to be looking in, in a different direction. And I think Lamptey, as we said, for Everton as well, Everton could do with someone like him. So an Everton or an Arsenal, and maybe in the future for for someone like Lamptey. Looking at left left backs, they've got Bernardo, but I think I think Trossard does he play kind of on the left hand side, or how how does like Brighton line up usually? Does Bernardo get a a game. I'm not not entirely sure. If, no, uh, I think he of late. I think he's been playing Joel Boutman on the left. Has he? Right. Okay. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. That's that's interesting. But yeah, he's he's 25. Got got still probably a lot in him left. But maybe he he needs to find some game time if he's not getting it at Brighton. I think he might need to to look for a move elsewhere. But yeah. no, uh, Bernardo. Bernardo. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. If Bernardo's not getting the game time, then you could do with maybe looking for. For for a move because Trossard does play, but I think I'm not sure if he plays cam. Maybe then I'm I'm not entirely sure how yeah, he, play, he the, plays the, cam. Yeah, right. Usually, but he does he does Trossard usually plays. But in terms of Bernardo, I think he needs to be looking for maybe a, a a move somewhere else if he's not getting game time, especially as he's the only natural left back in in the team. Looking into midfield, Yves Basuma. I've got to say, Yves Basuma had a poor first season, but he really is coming into his own now. I think he's one of the players that I'm most excited about in this team. Apart from Lamptey and Trossard, I would say Yves Busuma is is and Ben White is probably one of the more kind of standout players for, for for Brighton. What's what's your opinion on Basuma then for you? He's awesome. He's really good. If you actually watch Basuma during the game and you study him and you look at him, you notice how how good he is. Very comfortable on the ball. He's an exceptional drib- dribbler. He's got a shot on him. He's, to be honest, he's a poor man's poor Pogba, really. Mm. And he's a fantastic player who, in my opinion, deserves a shot somewhere else. And I, I really like. And what a signing he was! Mm-hmm. You know, for the money they paid, yeah. they've got a fantastic player. Yeah, it was it's fifteen million. So yeah, a really cheap fee from Lille. And yeah, they've got a top player. On I think that's quite unfair at the moment on on form. He's probably better than Paul Pogba, but uh, agreed, that's, agreed, that, yeah. that's going on form at the I'm moment. Got to, yeah, I see where you're coming from. The the kind of similar look and similar standard of 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 play and style of play. I think yeah, he's he's, he's similar to that aspect. And yeah, I think he's yeah exciting player. And I think a bigger club could come after him as well. So Brighton might be might be looking to maybe rejuvenate that. But if they can keep hold of him, he's 24. I think that's a good thing for Brighton to move forward with. Looking at other midfielders, Davy Proper, he's, he's okay. He's, he's a standard player. Nothing, nothing's really special about him. But Pascal Gross, I've got to say, I've, 
I've really been impressed since Bas Wobdos has come to the to the Premier League. I remember when he was at English that I did see him, um, Colin versus English that I think I mentioned it before that I seen him play and I never really recognised him then. But since he came to the Premier League, I've got to say that he's really stood out for Brighton. I think he's been one of their best, one of their best players for the last couple of seasons. What's your your opinion on on Pascal Gross then, Theo? Yeah, Gross, Gross is, he had that fantastic first season in the Premier League. Um, he's been here for three seasons. Obviously, last season you kind of discount a little because of the pandemic. It it, it stopped. He's not been the best this season, but he's still he's still for how much they paid for him and the fact that he's a, he was a little bit of a journeyman before that. He's been a fantastic servant at the club for Brighton. I think he's a player who who who's got a big big game mentality. Mm-hmm. He never seems to shy away from wanting the ball when they need help or when 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 Brighton need need a victory or a result. Um, he, he's a good player, Gross. Yeah, I, I I really like him, and he's he's getting older. He's twenty nine as well, but yeah, yeah, still got a couple of seasons left in him at the top level. Looking at also the other players they've got, Sully March. You've not. You really don't like Sully March, do you? What? What? Should, why, why is that? Why is that the case? Why do you not really like Sully March? He just does not do much. I mean, he's had a decent start to the season. It's just beforehand that he hadn't scored a goal. He scored twice this season, which which stopped the bus. Let's finish the season. He scored twice this year, and that was his first goal against Man United. It was his first goal in I think three years. Mm. You're thinking he's a winger. How can you score a goal in three years for a Brighton team that lost the championship? They score quite a few goals mm-hmm. and he doesn't really get involved. I just I, He's got a lovely goal against Villa. I just question Solly March. Mm-hmm. I just question if he's good enough long term. Yeah, definitely. And Brighton have got a couple of other players that I think are quite exciting though that, that could maybe, if they sold Solly March, don't think they'd lose much out of. They've got uh, as we mentioned before, McAllister, we've mentioned him before in the podcast that we think he's a talented player, 21, Argentine, still got a lot to prove, but they've got another lad called Alzati, so I think he's got a lot of potential, he's played five times this season in the Premier League, came through the academy, but yeah, he's, he's he was on loan at Swindon a couple of years back, but I think he's got a lot of potential in him, he's already on transfer mark valued at about six million pounds so and that and that's rising at the moment so i think if he can continue to to get some game time maybe we can maybe see the best of him as well have, have you heard much about alzate before yeah i've watched a bit of alzate and i think he's awesome i, I can't believe that a player like him because he, he's 21 actually yeah um and it's it's really surprising how late he's broke onto the scene Colombian international as well, actually. Yeah, well, that's why he's English and Colombian. Yeah. But Brighton have got some decent young players. They've got that lad, um, Jason Malumbi, who was obviously on loan at yeah. Millwall last year. I think he's he's part of the first team this year. But Alzate is a really calm and composed player, and he, he's held his own quite a bit. They've they've been playing Alzate, and obviously they had Dale Stevens last year, and Davey Proper flits in and out. But when Alzate and Basuma play. It's really, really steady, and I think it leads to them being a bit more expansive up front. Yeah, yeah, I think he's one of these players that I think maybe if they can, if he can get a system in place, I think, I think, yeah, to to complement, I think maybe he can maybe do the similar thing that happened to Dan James at Swansea. Maybe if we can see the best, if if Potter can really bring out the best in Alzati, we can maybe see him develop like like someone like Dan James to. Obviously, we're seeing Dan James not not getting the game time at Man United, which is which is really a shame. 
But we're looking at the time he had at, at Swansea, we've seen this young dynamic player that just just gave that bit of extra star star quality that that a, a team that maybe doesn't have the ball as much, maybe is more on the counter attack. Maybe that'll suit suit someone like Alzai. So yeah, I think it's quite exciting to see what happens. Leo Trossard, I think Leo Trossard, he's a top player. It's unfortunate he should have so many more goals. I remember that Man United game. Did he did he hit the bar and the post and then the bar again? And it was Good just mental. Was. It was mental. And yeah, he he should have, he should probably have a hat trick to be honest this season. To be honest, so he's really unfortunate. But looking at other wingers, I think Izquierdo. I think he's done at the club. I think they need to let him go. Yakin Bash, another player that's just not worked out for them. So is there any wingers that we can suggest, Theo? That again, where we're saying for obviously for Southampton. Is there any players for Brighton that we can maybe suggest? Any any players that come to mind that are, are just out there shouts? Um, that's a good question. I think myself, if uh, could do a good job. I mean, if, if they're wanting a winger who hasn't scored in three years, I could do a job um, if that was the case. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe, um, maybe 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 we're saying Dan James. Maybe Dan James is worth a shout to Dan, Dan, Dan James is a nice shout. Yeah. Reunite, Dan James is a good one. Reunite, reunite with Reunite, with yeah. Maybe Sheldon Shakiri as well. Yeah, that that might be a good shout. Yeah, Shakiri's not got obviously the game time now, but he's still he's still quite young, to be honest. Is he t- he's about he's about twenty seven, twenty eight. Twenty twenty eight, yeah. twenty eight, I think. So yeah, he's got a lot. Lot more to offer. Talking of wingers, I think one player who who would be good is Jeremy Boga, mm-hmm. who's a yeah, uh, Sassuolo. Yeah, Sassuolo, yeah, yeah, he's mm-hmm. doing really well at the moment. Maybe even maybe get a loan of Callum Hudson Odoi as well. And that's a wee yeah. bit out, that's a wee bit out there. It's a wee bit out there. I think he'll be looking for for a bigger move because I think he's got I think he's got a bit of a high station uh, personally, uh, Callum Hudson Odoi. But if he can get some game time at a Premier League club, yeah, I think that might be a good shout for for someone to, to improve his career, maybe get that six months to then kick on to, to get another move away from Chelsea. Looking at other other players they've got, uh, I forgot to mention central midfielder that they brought in was Adam Lallana. Do you think that was a good deal to bring in on, on a free agent, Adam Lallana? I did. I was waxing lyrical about it. I was waxing lyrical. <laughs> one would kill me for that. Wax lyric, wax lyrical about it. I think um, I was I was really happy, but he's just been injured. He came on against Liverpool in the 70th minute and he, he ran off five minutes later because he'd done his hamstring again. So, mm-hmm. he's only going to play like five games a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the, the only problem with injuries right now with Adam Lallana, I think injuries are yeah, it's it's one of these things. He is getting older, but he really needs to find a bit of fitness again. It's it's a shame because he, he was a top player. I remember when he was at Southampton. I, I, I loved Lolana when he was there and he'd done so well at, at Liverpool as well for the years he was there as well. So I think he's he's unfortunate, but it's it's gonna be a shame if he if if he's gonna constantly get injured now. I think it's it's maybe time to maybe call curtains on his career if injuries persist really because you don't want that to be long term and uh, and affecting your life after after football. You don't you don't want that to be the case. So it, he wants to be careful about that that he doesn't do hamstring in too much that that it snaps almost. You don't you don't want that to happen because yeah that that, that would be a horrible thing to happen to to a player of of Adam Lallana who's gave so much to his career. 
Moving on to the, the centre forwards, and I think they could do with some, maybe one, one addition. I don't know. I, I think they've got some good options. I, I like Mopai, but I have always had this thing about Mopai. He just doesn't, I think he, he almost doesn't try hard enough. That He could be so much better. I think Mopai could be so much better in his career. What's, what's your opinion on him? Do you, think, do you think he's, obviously he scored so many goals when he was at Brentford, came into Brighton, done He's done all right. He's done decent enough, but I, I'm just, I think he's, he's, he's a hard player to, to really explain. What, what's your opinion on him, Theo? It's his arrogance that stops him. All great players have arrogance. He's got too much arrogance. Mm. Um, he thinks he's better than he is. And he's, he's, got, he's got the potential. I mean, he scored so, he didn't just score goals for Brentford. He scored shed loads of goals for Brentford. Mm-hmm. But he also, made, he also missed so many chances for Brentford. The kid's carved out a really good career for himself because he was at San Etienne and yeah, he fell away and, and Brentford, Brentford grabbed him and, and it, you know Brentford really helped him. But as soon as he heard the Premier League was sniffing, he was like, yeah, I'm, I want to go. I want to leave. So he's got a bad attitude, he does, and um, it may cost him. It may cost him. Uh, you see the way he celebrates after, after scoring penalties or scoring goals with his, with his, his, his celebrations. And, you, and you, half the time it backfires on him. You know, you think to yourself, if he was to just... This season, I was hearing that he was dropped for the Spurs game because Potter didn't like his attitude or or something. And if you're dropping a player over his attitude, the player needs to needs to grow up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's, he's got a young young Irishman up front as well, and that's Aaron Connolly. I think Aaron Connolly's got, got a bright future ahead of him. And I think he's really taken to life in the Premier League. I think he's he, he's a really exciting player. One One player, I think... I'm not sure who they were with playing. Was I was Liverpool? Liverpool. Klopp was saying they needed to watch out for Connolly. And he's one of these players that I think, yeah, he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. And I think if he can lead the line for 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 Brighton, I'm excited to see what he can offer. So you were saying he's he's an he's an exciting player. Again, would you want to elaborate on on how good he's done so far? He's an absolutely fantastic asset to that Brighton team. He works his socks off every single game. His finishing as well is, is exceptional. He's a really, really good player. I'd hate to be a defender against Aaron Connolly. He doesn't give you a moment's peace. Um, Connolly's a, a lad who, you know, he hasn't, I don't really think he's come, come from an academy. I think he may have come from Irish football or, or whatever. Mm. And I think he's a player who's really worked hard. And I think Connolly, Connolly will never hit the top. But I think Connolly can have a number of really, really good years in the Premier League. Yeah, well, he was brought, he was brought in from the Irish League at uh, a very young age, and then went into the Brighton Academy, and then, and then right. started playing from there. And I think, well, he went to Luton on loan, and then came back, and he, yeah, he started playing now, which is is good to see a young player come through, and and especially at twenty, he's uh, as well for the Irish national team as well to have a player of his caliber coming through. Yeah, I think they've got a lot to look forward to for for years to come with, with a striker of his potential. Looking at the, the next players, and that's Danny Welbeck who they brought in. I thought I thought Danny Welbeck was done in the Premier League, really. I thought his career was almost done after Watford. But yeah, he's, he's, he's providing Brighton with some, some decent performances so far. What, what do you make of him so far? Yeah, man, Danny Welbeck is back with a bang. I mean, he didn't do anything for Watford. And, and you're quite right. I thought that's the end of, of, of Welbs. But... Um... He's been awesome for, for Liverpool. He's been Liverpool. He was awesome against Liverpool. Yeah. But the, that goal he scored against Villa as well. It mm-hmm. was it was prime Danny Welbeck. He's mm-hmm. he's um he's gonna have 
he'll play quite a few games this season. I think he could end up hitting double figures as well. Mm, yeah, well, he's he's got one goal and one assist in the Premier League so far, so he's he's still he's not got loads, but I think if he can offer maybe every now and again come off the bench even offer something that, that that's different to Mopai and Connolly I think that that's something to look at and yeah I think he's a good player but maybe not the long-term solution offset is a short-term solution uh, maybe bringing in a striker is there any options that you've got maybe for a striker that might be some good shouts for them yeah the lad up front for PSV his name slipped my mind. Is it Zahavi? No, no. Uh, oh, Daniel well, Mallon. Daniel Mallon. Daniel Mallon. Yeah. Daniel Mallon, yeah. I think they got really unlucky with Jürgen Lacadia. They got mm-hmm. really unlucky with Lacadia. Yeah. Because um, he, he's actually a decent player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe, uh, maybe him. Maybe. maybe what about Daniel yourself? Who would you suggest? I maybe... And it might be out with their their pay grade because there was a number of clubs interested in them and someone was Veghorst from Wolfsburg that might be some good shout a different option big tall lad up front can hold the ball up and maybe maybe play alongside someone like Mopai or, or Connolly as we're saying could play alongside one of them too I think that might be a good shout for them I'm trying to think of any others that might be some some decent options I'm trying to think of the top of my head no one's really coming to mind here. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I think Veghorst. I think Veghorst is a good shout. But I, I think yeah, if they can bring in someone different, I think Welbeck is is tall and is is good to have as a as a player that play, plays people in. But he's not the strongest Welbeck. He's still quite a slight player when you look at him. He's he he probably is easily nudged off the ball. So if they can bring in someone with a bit of strength, bit of, bit of toughness to them, mental toughness, I think that's that's maybe a good shout for them. So yeah, that that's some good coverage of of Brighton. So where do we see Brighton? We said at the start of the season, Theo, looking at our our Premier League predictions, we said me and you uh, both said Southampton. You both, I said Southampton in tenth. You said eleventh. Do we think they're going to finish higher? Then where do you predict them think, so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think tenth probably is about right. Maybe they could reach eight, but. I think the Premier League is gradually starting to take shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think maybe I think I think we're still on for tenth. I think that's still a very very uh, good prediction. Maybe as I said, maybe ninth or eighth yeah. is around the, the right. Yeah, I, I would say I would like to see them finish at least in the top eight. I think that would be nice to see. I think if if they can do that, that would be good. We've seen a drop off of Everton lately. We predicted Arsenal far too high. I think I think we predicted them to far too high. So. And obviously Manchester United and Manchester City, we, they're they're unknowns to 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 how they'll they'll the second part of the season will go for them. I think they're these are the clubs that they had a poor start, but they're finding mm. their feet again. And I think it'll be interesting to see where they where they finish compared to to a team like Southampton. In terms of Brighton, we both predicted them in twelfth. Do we think they're going to finish slightly lower? Obviously, they're sixteenth at the moment. What's what, what's your take on that? Again, I think I think they'll come good. I think twelve. Again, I'm I'm obviously going to stick by what we've said, but I think it, after seeing ten games, I think twelve. You know, twelve probably correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I would say maybe slightly lower. I think we've seen teams of like Palace, West Ham. We predicted I predicted West Ham to to get relegated. That was a wrong call. Um, uh, that, that's going to be an interesting one at the end of the season. That we'll 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 definitely do a coverage of that at the end. But definitely 
and and we both predicted Villa to finish finishing the bottom three as well. Well, I mean, we did, but they're only eight points clear of relegation at the moment. All right, let's 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 keep your bias to a minimum there for you. I think I think we've got to we've got to give credit to where it's due. I think Villa has done really well so far. They were unfortunate as well last night with the Ollie Watkins decision. I think that was that was really harsh, and we'll, we'll have to talk about. But uh, we'll have to talk. Let's talk about that quickly because that was a that was. Yeah. I think that's the last stage for VAR. Really, it's not the last stage of it staying in, but it really needs to be refined. What, what's your opinion on that? Because that was yeah. that was mental. I think really, it's getting to a stage where I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say first of all, Villa did miss a penalty. Yeah, um, yeah. True. A penalty that was a penalty that was awarded, that was a very soft penalty, mm-hmm. which VAR should have overturned. Mm-hmm. But they can't because it's not an obvious goal-scoring error. Well, it was really, really soft. Now, that was interesting. The whole VAR thing, I, I like VAR. I think if it, if it was made to be used, if it was used properly, it would be fantastic. And they obviously need to refine it. Last night was, un, was unlucky for Villa because they got, they got on the wrong end of a decision, which is ironic because the goal line technology kept them up last season, but, but they don't bring that up. Watkins was offside by a shirt sleeve, which is ridiculous. You can't do that in football. It's not fair. But at the same time, that's the problem with the FA or the Premier League or whatever for setting that up at the start of the season because mm-hmm. that offside call has been consistent all season. Bamford was offside because of that. Last season, um, even last season, George Baldock at Spurs, I think his, his toe was offside mm-hmm. and... They well, I can upside. understand. I can understand the toe. It's it's it. When it's the foot, I can understand. When it's the foot, I can kind of understand that they're doing the lines on on terms of the feet and the position. And same with the head to a degree, because their natural ways you score. Their natural ways you score. When it comes to arms and Ma, like Ma, uh, Manny, when it was the Everton Liverpool game, his back is is like the 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 his his butt was offside pretty much. That's pretty much what it was. It was like, come on, you've got to get to a stage where it's got to be obvious. We've got to get a stage where it's like, if it's obvious, that's fine, call it. But then if it's coming to this thing where it's like we're having to do lines and it's taking three minutes, it's ruining the it. And obviously, we're not at stadiums yet, but if we were at stadiums. I think there'd be much more of an uproar about this much quicker. But because there's no one at grounds at the moment because of COVID, but once people start getting back to ta- to games, there's obviously going to be fans going back to the Tier 2 system in England. If if you're, if it's Tier 2, two th- if it's 2,000, I think, we'll be going back. And then when it's Tier 1, it'll be 4,000. But that's the thing. It's like once fans start going back, they're not going to be able to celebrate like they used to. And it, it, no. it does take away from the game. It, it takes away from what we, were, what we were brought up as as children. When you scored, it was just that elation you had. And I think it is going to, it's going to ruin the game if they don't refine it. Really, it really is. And I, I think... I do that, completely agree yeah, with you. Yeah. And, and Gary Neville was saying that it needs to be refined. He, he I, I actually, I, I was obviously listening to p- between him and Carragher because I think they're probably the, the more interest not interesting but the more realistic pundits out there i think they're probably probably the bit the better of the the pundits out there. there's there's loads of pundits i i really don't like and and that's the thing but i think when you look at it, i think when they were looking at it, it's it's objectively it's 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 looking at it in a way that how can it be improved and it's probably here to stay we, we we've got to accept that it's going to be here to stay but it needs to be improved it really does and it needs to be improved quickly i think it needs to be improved 
probably because is there a winter break this year or what's what's the situation is there no winter break this year but I think there was meant to be a winter break and I think obviously COVID's ruined that but if there if there isn't anything like that I think the FA really need to look into it so yeah that's that's a good way to wrap up today's show I think I thought I'd, I'd bring that up but yeah Brighton and Southampton we think they're Obviously, Southampton, if they can push on, that'd be fantastic. And Brighton, we think, are going to survive. But, yeah, really need to start picking up their form because they don't want to get into a relegation dogfight. So, yeah, thanks again for listening, guys, to the, this episode of the podcast. Great having you on again, Theo. Thanks for coming on and being my co-host. Absolute pleasure, Jordan. It's been fantastic. And may I just add, the Twitter has finally been created. There you go, guys. What's the name of the Twitter then? Is it just the Emphatic Fanatics then? Yeah, if you put the, the Emphatic Fanatic, you'll, you'll find us on Twitter. We're not massive yet, but we will be soon. So stick with the progress and uh, there'll be some good good content coming yeah. out. So hopefully what, what, what we'll do is we'll post that on our Instagram so that you know to go and follow that when, when you get a chance. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, let, I'm giving that to Theo to, to deal with so he can... If you see a comment by us, it'll be an interesting comment by Theo. So blame him if he if he is it, if it's controversial. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, thanks again, guys. Remember to share with your with your family and with with your friends, with your colleagues, your work colleagues, your schoolmates. Go and share it out. Go and share the podcast, and hopefully we can see this grow into a massive thing. That's that's what me and Theo want, and every everyone at every one of the guests uh, that come on here. Yeah, we're, we're hoping for the best. So we look forward to to the future ahead. Thanks again. Remember to follow us and we'll catch you later. Bye for now.